Welcome, my friends, to Shaking the Salt with Dr. Peppers. My bio reads from troubled teen to teacher of the year, 100-pound weight loss, blah, blah, blah. You know the sort of thing you're working on in your before and after life story. So at the end of the message, stay tuned if you want to contact me for any reason, including prayers. Thank you. And I'm Dr. Peppers, Shaking the Salt. Here we go. During a British conference on comparative religions, there were experts from around the world that were all debating if any belief was unique, any belief was unique to the Christian faith. So they began by eliminating all the possibilities. What about incarnation? No, other religions had different forms of that. What about the resurrection? Again, other religions had accounts of the return from the dead, so the debate went on and on for some time until C.S. Lewis wandered into the room, and he says, what's all this rumpus about? And he heard in reply that the colleagues were discussing Christianity's unique contribution that was, among the world's religions, the only one that was unique indeed. And Lewis responded, well, that's easy. It's grace. Grace? Well, after some discussion, the conferees had to agree. The notion of God's love coming to us free of charge, no strings attached, just as a gift, seems to go absolutely against every instinct of humanity. Well, the Buddhist Eightfold Path, the Hindu doctrine of karma, the Jewish covenant, the Muslim code of law, Each of these offers a way to earn approval, but only Christianity dares to make God's love unconditional. So that's why most of us can't even imagine that God would just love us for no reason, that he would just give us such a good, wonderful life and even eternal life because of his grace. Just because God so loved the world, he sent his son to die for us. No, most of us can't get that. I couldn't. I knew that when I got in trouble at school, I'd get in trouble at home. When I got in trouble at home, I'd get in trouble again. And there was always a consequence. There was always something that had to be paid, something I had to do. It just didn't make sense. And you know, in a way, it still doesn't. To most of us, we can't even imagine that Some of us that have been so, so bad in our past, that have committed so many sins, even crimes, even having sat with a criminal on death row, even having been invited to his execution, how could that man be forgiven? How could God give him the same grace that he gives some sweet little old lady that's hardly ever done anything wrong in her entire life. Well, because God doesn't compare. He doesn't say that one of us is better or worse than the other. He says that even if you have just broken one little tiny portion of any one of the commandments, then you're not available to earn your own way to heaven. And we're not. But he also says, if you've broken all of the Ten Commandments, and I think I have all but one or two of them, he says, even that can be forgiven just as if you've been pretty perfect all of your life. 
Does that make sense in this world? No. Certainly as a teacher and as one who had to administer the consequences of breaking the rules, it didn't make sense at all to me. And maybe that was why I stayed out of it all until I was about 23 years old. I had been in and out, and I had been in and out of church and Sunday school, and I knew pretty much what it was all about. But I had never really heard about heaven and hell and eternal life and eternity and both. And instead, I had just pretty much played the game of religiosity and played church, as many of you may have. I certainly didn't know about this free gift. If somebody had told me when I was in my conniving teenage years that, oh, but God gives you this gift free, you don't do anything to earn it. He just gives it to you. And then I would say, well, what if I sin again after that? Oh, he'll forgive you again. Well, how many times is he going to forgive me? As many times as needed until you truly get it and understand that his forgiveness isn't free. It is for you, but it cost him everything. And that's why he went to the cross for us. And that's why we can't play games and say, well, I'm going to commit another sin and he's not ever going to really, you know, not forgive me, right? No, that's not what he says. He tests our hearts and he will see a change in our life. If you claim that you have come to Christ and you have not truly changed, then I guess we would all pretty much have to question if you've really come to Christ Have you really repented? Do you really feel sorry for what you've done? His grace cost him everything, but it's free to us. That's the difference. So my friend, if you've never really understood that, you have to read, you have to get into a good church, you have to get around people that can help explain it to you. You have to want to study it. You have to get to the place where when you're sick and tired of everything else this world has to offer, and don't we all get there at a certain time in our life? 2020 pretty much showed many of us that. But when we are here, And when we understand that we have joy and freedom and we get to change, we get to live in this world that is totally free from having to be a bondage to drugs or alcohol or sin or slaves or whatever it is you're a slave to. It doesn't matter. All of us have something, and it may just be a negative attitude. It may be food. It may be something that was really good for us at one time. It may be a relationship. But whatever it is, if it's not God's will, and if we're not looking at it through His eyes and seeing it from a pure heart, that's the gift we get. When we come to Christ, we get a brand new heart a pure heart. I didn't know what that ever meant until I took him at his word and trusted him. G-R-A-C-E is the gift, and it's often defined as God's riches at Christ's expense. He paid it. It cost him. What does it cost you, my friend? Nothing except to ask him to come into your heart to really want to be changed, to believe that he so loved you, he gave his very life, that whosoever should believe in him 
you won't perish. You'll have everlasting life. And for now, life abundantly. Believe me, I know. Father, I pray for the one listening that needs your grace, that needs a new heart, that wants that new life, that forgiveness, that love, that beautiful existence that you died that we might have. And better yet, you give us eternal life with you. So God, I pray for that one listening that may need to make that part of their next step in their decision and help them to do it, God because it's your grace they get for free. Thank you for being with me today, my friends. I'm Dr. Pepper, shaking the salt. Thanks for staying on, my friend. If you would like to contact me, visit saltandlightministry.com. If you want to share your story with me, ask a question, have me come speak to your group, or maybe just request prayer. Once again, saltandlightministry.com. Thanks and God bless.